1: hello and welcome back to the breaching extinction podcast for those of you that are new here the breaching extinction podcast explores the plight of the endangered southern resident killer whales through interviews with the people trying to save them there are currently less than 80 southern resident killer whales left and they are currently threatened by lack of prey vessel noise and water toxins all of these factors impact one another and play a significant role in their population decline. They have historically spent much of their time in the Salish Sea, however, they've been seen less and less likely forced out of their home by lack of prey as well as busy and toxic waters. I'm your host, Erica Worth, and I decided to start this podcast in 2019 after spending a summer working in the Salish Sea and learning about these animals. Each week, I dive into a new conversation with guests from varying perspectives, I approach these topics through an interdisciplinary lens in hopes of uncovering the intricacies of this complex issue. Through this, I hope to share insight as well as fit the puzzle pieces together needed to save this species. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in being featured on the podcast or sponsoring us, please reach out over Instagram at Breaching Extinction or send an email to info at breachingextinction.com. Thanks! hello everybody and welcome back to the breaching extinction podcast this week i have some of my favorite guests here the orca man fred donesco and uh kendra nelson here gang gang how's it going hanging out hanging in there we love it oh whoops i'm just clicking buttons on my computer (laughs) amazing well thanks for being here what's new in everyone's world
2: i um well, I, the job is still going well. I am very, very excited for the winter break coming up. I, uh, I'm going back home for Thanksgiving and then my parents have a Christmas party at like our family Christmas party when I'm going back in December, which is going to be a blast. I'm going to Tofino this weekend and I'm quite excited. Nice. And I'm not underwater like some of British Columbia, which I'm quite happy about.
1: Amazing.
0: <sighs> Are you underwater, Kendra? No, we're not. It's good. Um, some of our family is. But more like over towards Abbotsford area.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but no, we're fine. I was at the aquarium yesterday during all the rain, looking at sea otters. So (laughs) there you go.
2: It's
0: like pouring, and I was like,
1: "What is that?" (laughs) Nice. Well, we are here this week to talk about killer whales versus sharks. It's not versus sharks, but kind of is. But I had this. (laughs) I had this topic requested by Mary Gonzalez, and I also think someone named Taylor suggested it, but I can't find it in the messages, so Mary and Taylor, this is for you, Um, but yes, we are here to talk about killer whales that eat sharks, and I feel like the timing of this episode is kind of funny because I asked you guys about this like, I don't know, a week or two ago or Mm something, I don't know some time ago. And then I literally saw offshore killer whales for the first time in my life on Friday. And I was like, what? (laughs) So now I can, now we can talk about those guys too, but yeah. So we're here to talk about offshore killer whales. So obviously we talk about all kinds of killer whales and we've done our like ranking of the eco types. And I don't even remember where they would rank in this. Um, but now that I've seen them, I would probably rank them higher, whatever, however, they were ranked. Um, But yeah, so these guys are like genetically distinct. They're culturally distinct. um, But I was discussing with Kendra ahead of time before Fred jumped on here. Um, So the ones that we think eat sharks are the offshore killer whales. So there's 10 um, ecotypes that are recognized by science. And there, are, but there are also two whales an important starboard off of the coast of South Africa that eat sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't really have an ecotype. Um, Kendra, do you want to repeat what you said to me before we were on this call?
0: Yeah, I was just saying there are a lot of populations that don't fit into the 10 ecotypes that we like recognize. Um, so like the Eastern tropical killer whales that are known um, like in Hawaii that eat sharks and octopus and whatever they can find. They're generalists. They are not fitting into like the mm-hmm. categories going on that we already have. So we just call them ETPs. Um, tri- that's how like I'm I've absolutely- always heard them referred to. And then, um, so yeah, there are some just populations that just don't fit into the 10 that we currently have. Yeah. So port and starboard would fit into
1: that because they're technically not um, in the home range that our current offshore killer whales are put in. Um, but there are three ecotypes that you can really see as that we know of right now off of the uh west coast of north america and that would be the residents so obviously we all know what residents are at least i hope we do at this point in the podcast um <laughs> our transients are biggest killer whales that are the marine mammal eaters and then our offshores and then i mean i guess if, if we count etps but i'm not going to count them because they're technically scientifically right now they're not valid their existence isn't valid they suck um just kidding That's not <laughs> how that works but <laughs> okay <laughs> they're it not just real doesn't
2: recognize them
1: Okay, like, I know that we said that we were keeping our tannins to a minimum because everyone has plans after this, but I just have to really quick tell you guys that my captain told me that there's this man that he knows that literally thinks that sperm whales are a hoax. Like, of all the conspiracy theories that he could have picked, he's like, he goes out of his way and, like, writes all these articles about why sperm whales aren't real. (laughs) Like, they don't exist? Like, Like, they're they're made up? up. It's a made up creature. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll, I will try to get my hands on some of those articles and maybe link them here because that's great. Um, and more people should know the sperm whales are fake. They are fake for sure. Just like the rest of the killer whales that are not recognized by science. Um, but yeah, so we really don't know a whole lot about these guys. Um, and like, they're not very well studied because people don't encounter them all that often. So there is one paper um, that was published by John Ford and several other people, um, in 2011 titled shark predation and tooth wear on population of Northeast Pacific killer whales. And so basically in this study, they looked at two different encounters with several predation events, um, and found that the, the, there were offshore killer whales eating sleeper sharks, um, and that they ate at minimum 16 individuals over the two encounters which is kind of a lot of sharks. I feel but like also, that's enough
2: to determine that they actually eat them. Like, conti- like not even, maybe not continuously, but in general.
1: Yeah. Um, and there was a Nat Geo article that was talking about. Um, so the first time that had ever been seen was um, in 1997, there was an attack on a population. There was like a hundred animals um, and it was off of the Farallon islands. And that was like the first time that it was documented. And the scientists that were like observing it, or that um, had gotten word of it, it basically just totally shook up the way that we see the dynamic of the ocean because I feel like a lot of people perceive great white sharks as being the top predator of the ocean. The
2: orcas yeah. are you? so it really flops on one's head.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, but basically, we don't know a whole lot about these these animals. They tend to hang out in groups of fifty to hundred. They're very rarely seen. Um, But it's really interesting. So our killer whales are the most cosmopolitan of the cetaceans. They are in all the marine regions, and they have been documented to feed on over 140 prey species, including marine mammals, birds, turtles,
0: fish, and invertebrates. I want to know who ate turtles. What? Like, I I think that's probably the generalists in the tropics that be like the ones like in you're really gonna eat and whatnot. Like that like you're just and maybe the ones no the ones off Bremer Bay I think are primarily mammal eating in Western Australia. but yeah I'd say I know that the eastern tropical whales there was one that stranded. Let me check when I have the chapter open from Robin Baird's book because you gotta have your sources ready.
1: You gotta have your sources ready. We got them right in front of us. Boom boom boom
0: um and if you don't have sources just make up things one killer whale that stranded on lanai in 2004 had a number of squid in its stomach and one group has been seated seen feeding on an octopus and there are several observations of them feeding on sharks like hammerheads and big eye threshers um and so i would just guess that it's like these are probably the type of populations in the tropics that are around Mm -hmm. higher densities of turtles that are eating turtles there are turtles in other areas like we have leatherback we have sea turtles up here i think it's the leatherback and whatnot but it's probably the tropical ones that are already generalists because they can't be specialists that are just like that's a big turtle yeah food
1: food delicious that's wild um yeah. That's kind of crazy. I just like wonder, like digestion wise, how that like
0: works out for them. Well, they just um, get it out of the shell. I mean, when it comes to like the sharks, a lot of times, well, at least for like port and starboard, they're going for like the liver and not necessarily the entire shark. So they know how to precisely get into an animal and get the bit that they want.
1: Yeah. That So in the Nat Geo article, which we'll link all of these in the description bio, like they were, there's a video that they, they have of the orcas eating them and then scientists talking about them. And like, basically what they do is they go for this area, like right underneath the pectoral fin where the liver is. And it's like, the level of precision is like next level of like how they get the liver out. It seems very wasteful to just eat the liver, but it seems to be very nutrient rich, but the animal dies immediately because that liver is what helps them with their buoyancy so like obviously if you don't if you can't like figure yourself out underneath the water you're just gonna die um so rip shark but they did find so like one of the reasons why they found like more shark eating whales or like the ones in um south africa with port and starboard is there were a bunch of like sharks that had washed up with these like incisions in them and it was like very similar to what they had seen here. And another interesting thing too, is they found that there is a like a significant amount of like wear and tear on the teeth of these guys because that they have dermal denticles, mm-hmm. which I feel like Kendra, you probably know a lot about
0: dermal denticles. Let's talk about dermal denticles. About so yeah. shark skin is basically composed of teeny tiny little teeth and that's what dermal denticles are. Their scales are essentially little, little teeth. So touching a shark is nothing like touching a fish while they all have scales and fish have like placoid and like two other different scale types that I can't remember the name of. Do um, you dermal denticles very different? They feel like sandpaper basically. Um, that's why like people who work with shark tagging in shark tagging will have like scars, kind of scar mm-hmm. tissue on their forearms if they're handling the shark with like no no shirt um, It is quite rough. And so that does create a lot of wear and tear on your teeth if you're eating that and a fighting animal thrashing in your mouth. Yeah, that's It'd kind be of you taking sandpaper to your teeth.
2: Yeah, little side question here would raise have they don't have dermal denticles but they are rougher than fish if i would imagine
0: rays have i can't remember it exactly but they have it's kind of like an eel they don't really have scales from what i remember at least um that's why like when you touch a ray it's super smooth Mm -hmm. um because they're not really covered in a scale Mm -hmm. because they, they don't what for whatever yeah. reason, I don't really know a lot about rays, <laughs> but I do know when I've touched a ray and when I did learn about them, um, they do not have that same dermal denticle scale, and I don't gotcha. think they have them much like an eel or like a moray mm-hmm. eel and whatnot. They slimy. <laughs> they slimy. For smooth, they're not. I don't think eels are slimy. Not eels. I don't think. Uh, what are we talking about? Stingrays Race. are slimy, <laughs> but they're really smooth. I think we've all probably touched one at an aquarium for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. that's wild um
1: what is the point of a dermal denticle like it's just like to make it extra difficult to eat them or like is it just like that sharks are so punk and hardcore that like it's just
2: equivalent it's where like the like um the spiky and on uh, the seventh chunk. day
0: god made sharks metal Um, i think part of it i think there's some aerodynamic sense to how these scales work compared to other fish scales um plus their body form is also very aerodynamic but i think part of it is just the um um what's the word i'm thinking of it is tougher and so any kind of like prey if they have like thrashing prey i mean a lot of sharks are more scavenger based um but yeah, I'm not sure like the exact, but I'd probably say, I think I've heard, I think it's like aerodynamics or water dynamics. Cause they're not in the air. Aquadynamics. <laughs> Aquady- dynamics. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What, um, do. like, what if they do fly through the air? Some okay. jump there. Are spinner sharks that jump. That's crazy. Um, and like the, those little epaulette sharks that like crawl out of the water. It's not jumping though.
1: They're, like, literally, the ocean is, like, the craziest thing, you know? Like, just, what? Absolutely. Like, there's, honestly, I don't even know, man. So,
2: but killer whales that eat sharks, there's three places-ish, maybe Eastern Tropical Pacific, I don't think do. Do they?
1: I'm not say I feel like we wouldn't okay. know.
0: Like, because of that, like, they're well, not, we don't know a lot about them either. Do you want to see pictures of them eating fresh th- sharks? Oh! <laughs> Are there pictures? And I have pictures of There's- them eating Wait thresher sharks. Hold on. Yeah, they've been like studied. Okay. So, so I actually they've been observed eating hammerheads and big eye thresher sharks off the coast of Big Island. I love hammerheads. That's amazing.
2: Okay. Eastern Tropical Pacific, Asian, Eastern Tropical Pacific. Yes. Offshores. The port and starboard that are known in the southern coast of Africa and yes. New Zealand. Yes. Maybe. Because New Zealand is almost. I know the New Zealand raised, ones eat
0: the stingrays. I'm not sure about. Let's look it up. Well, because they,
2: you remember the um, the Nat Geo documentary that was just posted, like the secrets of whales. Yes. In the, the Orca Nat one, Geo. they like it was Disney. Yeah, Ingrid Disney. It was a collab. Um, it was a collab. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they were talking with um, Ingrid Visser at one point in time down. And they were doing experiments off of New Zealand to try to see how they would respond to orca calls. I'm not sure how many or if any have been um, received, but
0: um, um, it. From my quick look, it appears. Oh wait, no, never mind. This says New Zealand killer whales are the only group known to eat stingrays, eagle rays, and electric rays. And then there are other orcas in New Zealand that eat dolphins. That was random. <laughs> uh, and then I don't see anything about sharks. I mean, it wouldn't be wild to think about, but everything here is saying sharks. We got to look at their teeth or something. Not sharks. They're stingrays. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, it's neat that you kind of brought up the playing the orca sounds things to them because in the Ford study... It talked about how these guys have varied pulse calls and intense eco-location clicks, which is, like, significantly different from the transient killer whales who are, like, typically in small groups and in near silence whenever they're hunting. So these guys are, like, making lots of noise and they're hanging out in groups of, like, 50 to 100, just, like, ready to eat some stuff. Delicious. Um, Yeah. I, like... I really just, I want us to study all the killer whales and just, cause I feel like right now, like, I just wonder where we're going to be in like 40 years. Cause right now we're like, there's 10 ecotypes. And I feel like we're gonna look back and be like, can you believe that? that? We only knew that there were 10 ecotypes back then. It's craziness. Um, but these guys, so at least how they describe them in the paper are, um, thought to be found on the outer continental shelf and their dorsal fins are supposed to be subtly different and they're a bit smaller. Um, when I saw them, I did notice that like, uh, in the males at least, it was like a much more rounded dorsal fin than it was like our pointy little dorsal fin that we see with our transients. Are we frozen here? I Kendra, oh. oh, hi Kendra. There you go. Yeah, our Wi-Fi sucks. Rip. Um, okay, well, we'll just cut that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it seems like they're eating the whole shark. They just go for the liver first, which it seems as though it says that there's a lot of fatty acids in there. And in the Newsweek article, it was compared to like us eating like bacon or something like that. Like they're just like going after something with like higher fatty acids, Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that the predation of them eating marine mammals couldn't be ruled out. Um, and that the diet of offshore killer whales is distinct from obviously the other ones that we know, um, and likely consists of high tropic levels of marine fish. But it's like they've been seen. So when they were looking at them, they were seen interacting with chinook salmon, which I think is interesting. And then also they were able to actually get some um. Like able to look at the stomach of two uh, whales and they found salmonoid bones um, in the female one that they looked at and then the bones of sculpin as well as some pieces of crab shell and eel grass. Um, but for whatever reason, there were whales that were harpooned in 1964. Offshores you- that were? Yeah, literally, like this paper, I don't know why they were harpooned, but it says the stomach of a killer whale um, harpooned off the central coast of California coast in 1964 and subsequently determined from a DNA analysis to be an offshore contained remains of two Orpha, I'm going to totally mess that up, um, Orpha olympus gratuis and two sharks, either blue or white tip sharks. Um. I wonder why they were harpooning an orca.
2: It was science at the time. You take dead whales, and and people like were killing
0: orcas. It's like they saw them as like a threat to any kind of fishing activity. Uh, that still happens with like dolphins in areas, and it's still a whale. It's not as like f- fruitful in terms of meat and oil as say I'm like playing. a sperm whale. But yeah, they were still they were still harpooned and killed during the whaling era.
2: Also, too, like that was the same year that Moby Doll was taken in in Vancouver, and he was harpooned, like on Saturna Island in British Columbia.
0: Um,
1: that's crazy. I mean, I feel like if you are going to capture him, do you need to harpoon him? Like, could be potentially. It, well, they weren't.
0: Mo- that Moby wasn't Doll, the goal with Moby Doll.
2: Yeah. Uh. They wanted to make a um, like a, a like a figure for um the Vancouver Aquarium, and they're like. There was two guys that were set out and like set up the harpoon in order to kill an orca that could be used as like the what is it the baseline the model to then create the structure out of or like
1: in ethical. I feel like we've come so far. Like it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that they were literally harpooning whales. They're just like I'm just going to steal an orca for this reason. It makes me wonder like where we're going to be in like 20 years or 40 years from now and we will see where our ethics are going to be there because that's like insane that we're like obviously the capture era happened and like they were harpooning whales i wonder yeah if it will be different kind of with whale watching i always wonder about that if that's going to be considered something that's ethical like 20 years down the line
2: we'll see Time, time is the only thing mm-hmm. they
1: can tell. The
0: only thing
2: I'm they say, say like back-
0: probably, but I think it's I very different than but- catching a whale. Like yeah. That's very different.
1: Yes, definitely People very different than a whale. But also, like, still impactful nonetheless. Um, but yeah, basically, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about offshore killer whales, other than, like, they're small. We think they eat sharks, probably eat other things. We can't rule out that they don't eat other things. Yeah. Um, and just like more studies need to be done but there's not like a whole lot that we know about them and i think so they were just spotted in monterey bay on on last friday which was the let's see um the 12th of november 2021 um and i think it had been like 5 or so years before they like the last time that they were spotted in the monterey bay how lucky are you
0: like insanely lucky
1: it was a I crazy- thought it was
0: it was interesting that some of the dorsals of at least i saw one picture of one of the males it almost looked like it was like backwards comparison to like the tilt it had such like a weird yeah no that's like if you just flipped the like what we're thinking of like a resident the way the angle was it just it was so bizarre just looking at like yeah yeah it's
1: it definitely like you could tell that they were different when they were there you're like what is this um I wonder if there's like any sort of reason as to why that is, and I wonder if like they're smaller because maybe it, I don't know if that makes them faster or something like that. Um, I don't know, but they seem to be smaller. But also, and-
2: too, if you if you're traveling in, if you're traveling in larger groups, the way the way that you do everything is different, especially if you do if if that's the way that they like, the dynamics have been for a long time, because um, even transients and residents. They will rarely get into groups larger than fifty, and if it does, it's like it's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Any time the Well, and other like ecotypes larger. are small too. I mean, the ones in Norway, compared to like the residents and transients, they're like tiny. Really. And then even in like even in in the Southern Ocean, they have the largest and the smallest ecotype down there. That's insane. You need to, like, study everything.
1: I'm just, like, I need to know all the things. Um, the little, little, little baby Rossies. Why yeah. are you so
0: tiny? Just whittle.
1: Well, um, Yeah, it, like, they had some babies in there, and the babies were super cute and super teeny. I'm curious as to if their family structure differs at all. I mean, it has to. There's no way that it's, like, the residents or the, the transients where it's, like, those smaller groups. So I wonder how that works yeah. if they, like, still maybe – Maybe it's because like how we saw them and how they were described in this paper too is like you see 50 to 100 of them and they're in like groups that are spread out and that's exactly what we saw. So I wonder if it's like family groups are spread out and then they kind of just like interchange. Um, And I wonder if there's like, like how we have Southern Northern resident, if there's like that
0: for offshores as well. And these are like super pod events with different Mm -hmm. groups meeting up
1: you know what if it is like i mean what if that that is all that we're like who knows like maybe we just happen to run into them
0: when they're doing maybe it. when they
2: come by the coast they all come together that could be i'd, I'd be a it's wild. a party
1: yeah. i would we need to, I it would be great if we could find like we need to make like an international like marine mammal network where you can i don't know just, like everybody's got like probably different studies that they do but like you provide maybe like tags or like other things so that like say a research group was out like if moss landing marine labs happened to have a boat and the offshore's route, out if they could get out and just like detag them or something that would be pretty sick
0: um, i think the thing is they're usually in like the high seas area and that's yeah. why we don't see them as much because there aren't boats out there all the time in order to track them this is true What we'll also so take i the think the
2: boats that are out there they're not they're not
0: there to track them out yeah they're like who cares yeah this is true (laughs) Hmm. that'd be my guess and then we see them on these few times that they're closer to shore they may not be like high high seas like middle of the ocean but like ranging out there where it's we're not you know yeah
1: i mean i feel like they've got to cover some ground because they were like so i was listening to the radio um And our trip was at like 11. I was listening to the radio at like 10 and they were just like talking about, they're like, oh, there's like a bunch of groups out here. like. um, And by the time we got to them, it was like 1130. They were like kind of in the middle of the bay, Monterey Bay. And then um, we were getting off the water and it was like at like 330 or so. And um, one of the captains that was like the last with them, like by that point in like two hours, they were already down to like by Big Sur, which like isn't crazy, far but i feel like they probably go really long distances probably longer than our transients and our residents definitely it longer sounds, than our residents for sure
2: it sounds like they don't stick around much either no like, like you'll even robson bite the only reason that it's around as like the protected areas because it works like well once they show up they will hang out for any elongated period of time but if they're showing up in monterey and they're only there for less than half a day and yeah. like on their way down
1: they're busy they have yeah. things to do they have meetings <laughs> they're obviously talking about a lot i didn't hear the hydrophone i have to go back and um listen to the hydrophone anyways because i saw a very angled blow that i think is a sperm whale i'm pretty sure i saw a sperm whale the other day and i need to go confirm um
0: means- so
1: if i i'll i'll see if maybe i i'll see if they'll let me maybe include some of the um sounds from when the offshores were here because that would be pretty sick yeah um but yeah apparently they're very talkative but that's what we know about offshores not a whole lot they're just like they they're not seen very often we think they eat sharks i pretty sure that um blue ocean whale watch that they had got some pictures of them eating sharks like the lighting wasn't great or anything but like you could tell in the picture that it was a shark
0: that's cool Mm -hmm.
2: around. Yes. do you, either of you have or have seen hypothesis hypotheses about why port and starboard
1: are alone i have not but i mean most of the time it's like like if they hang out in family groups in the same way that ours do it's like mom has died sibling has died and then like they will try to find, most of the time, it, it seems as though the lone males will try to go find another family group or another female and hang out with. Like, that's what we see with Fat fin. He's, like, just hanging out with this, like, post-reproductive female um, because the men... It, orca men can do nothing they rely on their moms they're just big mama's boys and they can't do anything themselves um so it's pretty it's pretty remarkable then that those two are like doing their thing um but yeah i don't know why those two are together what do you know
0: kendra i don't um i don't know much about like those two i mean if i was like gonna poke out a random guess maybe um both their fam, like their matri lines maybe like their moms are dead and mm-hmm. they were together or if maybe they're related in some way yeah
1: um, they could be brothers who
0: knows they stuck to. I don't know if there's been any kind of like genetic analysis so if there has been and someone knows send it to me because I don't want to be wrong but if I like had to guess they might be related the matriline mama died or whoever was with them died and they stuck together and have made it <laughs> yeah for sure um one of the and needs- it would make it would sorry just to segue it would be interesting too if they are related because they both have collapsed dorsal fins which is still kind of like this guesstimate that maybe it's some some way genetic as well as something else is going on because like when k21 died his brother and one other southern resident are the only ones recorded having that we've seen have a collapsed dorsal fin and so i don't know it's just interesting that maybe genetics can play a part in how likely um dorsal structure issues happen in a whale yeah
1: no that's like that's definitely an interesting thought um and I was like thinking the same thing like when we were talking about that I mean yeah that definitely could play a role in it but then also I kind of wondered too I'm like are they just like maybe it's like a combination of their brothers and they're like eating weird things that maybe the other whales aren't eating and so that like their fins are collapsed as a result of that, like too much baking
0: equals. Well, that'd be interesting dolphin. to like see what we could tell if like their tissue makeup is different and maybe isn't as strong, so their fin can't stay up. And then there's, but the, it's it's always interesting to see collapsed dorsal fin individuals like alive in the wild. That sounds bad, yeah. but like there's one in Norway named Flappy that lives with a family group and is alive and relatively healthy, but mm-hmm. he has a collapsed dorsal fin. Um, So it's like it happens and it doesn't mean they're like on the edge of death, like what we saw with K21 and like his brother. Like the residents, it seems to happen when they're dying. Yeah. And that's like, you're like, okay. I mean, it's, I mean, humans
1: have like physical and mental like disabilities, or I don't like, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but like, it's not like, like, they're equally, like, emotionally intelligent. Like, it's not out of the question that, like, you know... And there's a lot of them that these sort of things would happen to them, too. I think we just... Yeah, I mean,
0: it's not an emotional thing, though. Like, yeah. Okay. That, like, I was, saying, I was path like, path that's, so like, our... <laughs> Mom died, so <laughs> both our fins so over. <laughs> <brief> response. <laughs> but, but, no, like, it could How even be tape. just, like, some of them just maybe as, like, babies. It just never... It just never it didn't have Like something just genetically just didn't happen to where that got the strong, yeah, the strong fibrous tissue to stand up or some, I think there's some that have been injured and have like, I don't know what population this is, but I've seen pictures. Maybe it's New Zealand of some of their individuals have flopped fins, but like part of it's like cut from mm-hmm. like some sort of injury. Yeah. So they're just flopped over and they're very much alive and fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I wish there were more studies done on, on that topic.
1: Yeah, that would definitely be really interesting. Um, yeah, I would be interested to see like if nutrition like impacts that at all. But the only thing that just like made me think of like if they like like the reason I said emotional things, So I was like thinking in my head of like all the whales that I've encountered that there's like something quote unquote wrong with them or different. And like there's this one whale that I think of this like humpback whale that I'm pretty sure is like. Has a mental disability, which is like, no tino shade. We love Google, but like, there's just something like the whale doesn't act right. Like, not that it, you know. I feel like I'm not being PC here. <laughs> the whale uh, behaves is it does things differently than other whales, and it
2: makes what kinds of things do they
0: know they
1: do? Google sex yet? Um.
0: Oh. I just posted a picture of Google for the breaching extinction post breaching today. post. So. I could lo- I could look it up real quick. Let's see. Happy. I feel up. like Google's jumped enough. Google like, jumped enough. Someone's I'm... gotten a look at the junk area and been like, "Mm-hmm." Like, I'm pretty sure Google's a girl. Let's let's
1: confirm though, because I feel like someone's gonna like Google girl fight me. Um, no. Um, I'm. I probably should go and like submit some photos because according to Happy Well, it's
0: still unknown um that's so weird seeing how like I feel like everyone's posted pictures of them breaching but we don't know (laughs) but we don't know I'll have to go
1: back through my breach photos I'm like really bad at happy whale because I just am like oh like there's like somebody else like there's always a bunch of other boats I'm like somebody else already put it up there like if we're the Mm -hmm. only boat I'll try to put it up there but like if there, if Monterey Bay whale watch and discovery and or blue ocean are out like if i know eric's on the water i'm like oh eric already posted it so i don't need to (laughs) um but yeah so i don't know but that's a google the other thing that i thought was interesting about the offshores were that um it impacts the um population of elephant seals so when the sharks aren't like the elephant seal or the sharks won't where did it go where's the fact that i had um but it basically impacted where did i have this note um the sharks okay so the sharks won't eat the elephant seals and then the seal population goes up that's what happens which is kind of crazy so it does have like an ecological impact so port and charbert are just out there like obliterating the great white sharks which i'm pretty sure the great white sharks over in south africa are endangered so it's pretty rude but also the southern residents are eating our endangered Chinook salmon so i can't say too much and then i guess the etps are eating endangered turtles
0: mm-hmm. uh the pop it depends where they are because certain areas like overall a lot of sea turtles are considered threatened or endangered but in certain areas they are very much at a healthy population point because yeah. they are population specifics. Like 90%, I think of Hawaiian green sea turtles be like, they lay eggs in the North islands that I don't remember the name of. It's very, very long. Um, but we have these very Northern islands where like they go monk seals go a lot of, um, the birds go 90% of them are going up there to lay eggs. So they're staying pretty local mm. from birth to old age and hanging out on the shores uh, and from what i've heard from most people is i mean the hawaiian green sea turtle population is still kind of like listed as like a threatened endangered species but they're doing pretty well like mm-hmm. there's but in other areas i think like um i think in micronesia their their population isn't considered the best and then like our hawksbill sea turtles are pretty are considered endangered and like never see them but in other places hawkbills sea turtles are great wild but yeah so if they're eating them i mean that's what they're meant to eat them it's us that are causing the, the no
1: 100 yeah. that's
0: like that's the whole like thing up north where they're like let's shoot the sea
1: lions for eating the salmon and i'm like stop with that shenanigans what's
0: humans wanting to instead of like lowering our intake or our impact finding someone else to fault or another way to make up for what we're doing without lowering our consumption or whatever we're doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be consumption it could be like boat traffic it could be it's like strip like uh, vessel strikes habitat destruction those are big yeah. things for like sea turtles for sure. um bycatch which has reduced a lot for sea turtles but um those kind of things like we're not meaning to kill them but
1: it does happen
0: gosh darn it it's happening
1: rip yes um well i think we had a pre we we covered what we can about the offshores because we don't know that much um but I do think that we should um briefly touch on what's happening in Norway. Kendra, you've been following that a lot and I think it's just important for people to stay relevant. Can you update us on Norway? And with? oh
0: yeah, um I don't know, last one update you talked about Emma, right? When you had her on. We did. Yeah, I talked to okay. I had Emma on um and she
1: talked about how she went over there and was doing research and um the, the thing with Norway is that's the only place where you can swim with wild killer whales. and um... uh, Yeah,
0: they have like an industry meant for it. Yeah. yeah. There's other yeah. places like you can swim with them in Cabo. I know it's happened in other places. I know many people that have swam with them in Cabo. Um, it happens. But yeah, so in Norway, there is an industry set up for whale watching and diving with killer whales and humpback whales
1: because mm-hmm.
0: they have quite the population down there. That they, this is like the same pop like killer whales in that like super viral video that has like 100 plus killer whales surrounding a boat and it's like purple sky and purple. It's beautiful anyway. Yeah, um so yeah so it's three days ago now or two, two or three days ago, someone who works on a whale watching boat posted their experience recently with some of the dive operations and just talked about how frustrating it was and this was she was specifically sharing about flappy because he was in this pod mm. and how these boat tours were putting 100 plus people in the water around whales leapfrogging which is just a really bad practice for right. being in the water with usually with cetaceans you're leapfrogging cetaceans but anything you should mm. not be leapfrogging
2: Leap, um, leapfrogging as in driving over or leapfrogging so in you of?
0: intercept them you're in front of them, you get in the water, they move past you, you get back on the boat or you're still on the boat. And then you go to the next, you intercept them again, get back in the water, get out, yeah. intercept them again. And just continuously do that to try and get people in the water and have this cool experience. Um, and then if you can like leapfrog whale watching as well, you don't have to get in the water to do it. Like some yeah. guy just got fined up here out of Vancouver Island for leapfrogging with residents. Yeah. yeah. Um, not smart move anyway back mm-hmm. to Norway and uh, talking about that how they will some tours will separate the weaker looking individuals so someone like flappy who has a uh, collapsed fin and, and calves from the rest of the pod to put people in the water with those ones for whatever reason because they're more vulnerable maybe they'll come closer be more curious who knows and like I saw a photo of of a baby killer whale and I like it was a little they're in the water with little tiny babies like which is ridiculous um and then so that post kind of went kind of viral because she was expressing her frustration with with this and that these people don't have a care and that if you're supposedly traveling to norway because you love orcas and want to see them that it is and you're getting in the water with these companies is a very selfish love because you don't like it's kind of one of those do you care about them or do you care about what you're getting out of it um and then the day after another group, um, Valhalla orca expeditions, they went out and they saw a mother pushing around a dead calf and it was very bloody. There aren't photos. I don't know if they took photos or if they just haven't posted them yet or will, but very bloody photos. And that's not a common way for a calf to be dead. There's nothing up there that really eats them. And yeah. so it'd either be, um, either like an attack like infanticide has happened it happened with transients up here but it's would not I would be zero percent shocked if it was a boat strike yeah Um, especially given that there was blood in the water so that's kind of the thought I would definitely I would probably say it like considering other factors it was some kind of boat strike could be a tour boat could be a fishing boat it could be a like a wreck boat because people could just rent boats up there and go out and do their own thing yeah um but yeah, there's no guidelines in Norway. There's no regulations. There's some, some tours choose to operate by guidelines. I have air quotes around guidelines, um, which is a 50 meter approach. What? That's ridiculous. Which That's is not- the, that is sustainable. Our approaching is 50 meters. No, we're done. Which, yeah. Basically, anything that they're doing there, even the more ethical tours would be considered um, breaking like NOAA regulations and like DFO regulations up here, even like the 200 meter approach for transients and whatnot. And I think it's like 100 meters for certain dolphin species, but like smaller, do- like bottlenose, dolphins, yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't know what it is for like Rizzo's. Is it 100 meters? Um. It, it's a hundred like california doesn't have any spe- species specific that i'm aware of okay i think there's like just like a general like if you're within 100 meters of certain like that's what you should do yeah um, like the, the the federal like marine mammal protection act is like it's
1: 100 yeah 100 meters 100 okay. yards away from like any marine mammal cool yeah
0: so and these are just guidelines they're not actual regulations so there's just a lot of um I don't know. It's just frustrating, and hoping people don't go because even the good tours are not not good. I don't, I don't know. That's so I, yeah. Yeah, it's all kind of whack. I
1: think, um
0: but Until yeah, they have regulations. I feel like me and Emma will feel like it should be avoided to go there, even for just boat-based whale watching. Um, Emma's way more knowledgeable because she was, she's been there and was working on a behavioral study, looking at how they react to divers. Um, And and just said that it was pretty much all negative. There are a few tours she said were better and like weren't leapfrogging and whatnot, Mm. but even those better ones, she's like, I wouldn't encourage anyone to go until there are actual regulations in place. For sure. Because, you know.
1: Yeah. I would also agree with that. And I'll be sure to, in this episode description, link the episode with Emma. Um, people can find that, but yeah, that's very sad. Like super selfish. It's just like, that just is like the pinnacle of like human selfishness and like people wanting to be around animals. And it's like, at what cost, you know, like orcas are super magical and amazing, but like when a, there's a baby dying and there's like over hundred boats in the water, like that's, we, we have gone way past the line.
0: We've been like a live baby. I like, mean, like I've, I've swam with many animals, um, two different species of dolphins and there are, I believe there are good ways and very ethical ways that you can be in the water. It's obviously heavily debated, um, that if there is any, because anytime you're in the water with anything, there is an impact. There are ways to severely minimize that, like being out, like not chasing, um, not diving at all. Like you just Mm. stay at the surface and you don't approach from a boat. Like you'll swim out, kind of put the boat farther away, get in the water, whatnot. Um, And like when I was in the water with bald nose dolphin, we were quite far away. And then that dolphin was five feet from my face staring at me. And I was like, hello. Yeah. And that is, the only time that's like ever happened, ever the dolphin experience, they like drive, like they don't drive. Mm-hmm. They swim by. <laughs> they're driving. Um, vroom, vroom. But so there, I think there are ways, I think they're probably the minority, the ethical, sustainable ones that are doing it the right way are the minority, mm-hmm. um, just from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and this is the example of bad, 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 bad. Yes. And I think the people, I think, there are people up there who care about the whales and want what's best for them but i think the majority see it as this cash grab to exploit an orca yeah for tourist money or whoever wants to for come sure. and big influencers go and do it and share about it that's why influencers are the worst it are you Kendra big in, Fred, sorry it seems big it and magical you guys no i'm i'm i'm, I'm horrible yeah, I, I also am work. not a big influencer, but you're right. I'm horrible. <laughs> yeah, you literally
1: harpoon whales every
0: day. Um, yeah, that's no, how you work out.
1: Yeah. Um, I yeah. I, Why I was... else would anybody do javelin in high school? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. that's just to prepare.
1: Yes. Awesome. Well, I feel like we covered that a was lot. satire. Yeah, it was. Yes, yeah. yeah, I feel like there, that. There was a people... lot have to know that especially i think that's it, a given i hope that they do I'm not killing I hope they are not like oh my god there's so many <laughs> messages Who <There> is this <laughs> what um yeah amazing well hopefully people know this is a joke it. and if they don't then it's a joke, then it's a joke. i'm, <laughs> I'm telling you it. straight we'll up tell it clearly now it's humor yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys yeah. so much for being here and chatting and go follow Fred and Kendra. Yeah, get the hair off of your armpit. That's I saw it's you. It's just sticking to my shirt. It's <laughs> driving me crazy. Amazing. Um go follow them on all the places at Orcaman and at Intertitle Kendi. Um follow and kind of at Breaching that. Extinction. Oh, thank you. And at OrcaWorth. At orca underscore worth one's like the private orca personal underscore. account because i had to make a separate professional account because we don't need the world seeing what kind of shenanigans i'm up to in my free time and, and my But
0: orca worth is the is the photography one right yes orca underscore worth yes okay yes orca underscore right. worth i'm so sorry yes yes what's it
1: the other one is and now everyone knows so just it's great it's
0: good
2: that's
1: okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. you keep stuff on private Exactly. That's why we do that. You also
0: don't you put it on in the breaching extinction bio? The <laughs> photography one. I think you have Orica. Oh, do I have the wrong one? Oh, that is. That, that Let me, me check. I could have sworn it was Orica. Have you gotten like no, a no, no, little right
1: I did the correct one.
0: Okay, yeah. It is it is. Okay,
1: okay. I also made that because I've had people from the podcast try to follow me on my actual Instagram and I'm mm-hmm. like, i we don't need this. um I not guess. that I don't like them, but it's just we don't like me being drunk in Mexico is not the vibe for. Everyone. <laughs> um amazing. okay, well, thank you guys for being here and everybody have a good week. Mm-hmm. Bye. <sighs>